This time traveling robots in space is brought to you by where am I? Where's my thing? Is it, <laughs> okay. Okay. Is it Audible? <laughs> the time traveling robots in space is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com/galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's Thursday, February 7th, 2013, and welcome to another Galactic Netcast. This is the Time Traveling Robots in Space, number 56, and from Waterloo, Iowa, I'm Dave Nelson. Joining me, as always, is Glendale, California's very own Paul Swickard, and Anessa Moyens from Denton, Texas. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Fabulous. Yes. I, I do well. You know, it's it's another week, another stuff of things and space and space. time travel. And what's that other thing we do? Uh, robots. robots. The robots. Yeah, you yes, we have robots. Can't too. forget robots because they will be our overlords in due time. No, I don't forget about them. I just, you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, it, from what, from my perspective, it looks like you are reading something and not even... I thought you said my video was frozen. No. It's back now. Yeah, it's been back oh, for a it's while. Back. Yeah. Yep, All right. Yeah, I saw you picking your nose and everything. That was awesome. I Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't deny it. Because if I deny it, then you, you folks, okay, here's the deal. This is what I've figured out with, you know, with my life and bullies. So if you, and yes, I am equating David to a bully. You, if you are, (laughs) if you are accused of doing something that we'll call it untoward, uh, it's better to just own it and say, yeah, like, for example, I've been called a horrible podcaster. And I'm like, I, and to my response, yeah, I, I know. I can't believe they let me do this. See? I know. I agree. I totally agree. That's the best way to... the op- wind out of their sails. Yes. So, yeah, that's what I do when Dave says I pick my nose. Okay, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> I got a fantastic idea. Um, sure, go, let's shoot. talk about time travel robots in space. <gasps> we should do that. Brilliant. I, I'm a fan of all of those things. <laughs> that's why we're here. Uh, of course, we talk about it uh, in relation to like um, science fiction, science fact, movies, TV shows, video games. We run the gamut on these subjects. And how we cover them is we run down a story from each, and then we do our entertainment picks, and then ask and answer the question of the week. All right? So for our audio subscribers, if you'd like to watch us do the show, we try to get started as close to... 10 o'clock Central U.S. time as we can. That would be 7 Pacific, right, Paul? That is, well, no, excuse eight. me. You're talking about 8. Yeah, 8 o'clock Pacific time. On uh, galacticnetcast.com slash live. We started about uh, 25 minutes late tonight. So uh, Whose fault is that? It's my fault. Okay. I was dicking with technology. That's my fault. That's, my, that's, my, uh, <laughs> that's a great show title right there. Ticking with technology. with technology with Dave Nelson. New podcast <laughs> right there. 
I don't want to. Do you don't really want to know what that's about, folks? <laughs> okay. Before we go down another rabbit hole, let's let's start the damn show, and we start it this way. Sector one, time travel. And I've got the time travel story. I'm very excited about this. Uh, in the past decade, Hollywood has gi- given us movies that began life as theme park rides, board games, magazine articles, and even self-help books. Now get ready for the next wave of tech-flavored... Ooh, this was uh, written in either Canada or England. Uh, tech-flavored source materials for future blockbusters after studio Warner Brothers optioned a high-concept time travel story based on a long-running or long-running Reddit thread. How awesome is that? They're <laughs> basing fantastic. movies on internet memes now. That's pretty cool. Next well, I, Neon Cat. <laughs> yes. I'm glad they've got the guts to do this. Oh my sad god. Part, sad part is if it doesn't get done, like if it's not done well, that is, and it's a total flop, that they're, they're going to use that as a benchmark saying, oh, see, you can't do that. Yeah. Old ways are best. Well, they did that with video games, right? They tried that a few years ago, tried to make vi- movies out of video games, and they failed. Oh, yeah, horribly. Yeah. <laughs> many, many times. And but, we, and, uh, apparent, but they but, keep trying. Right. Lucky for us, video, the video game industry and the movie industry are one of those folks that just never really seem to learn. So uh say hello to the world of warcraft movie coming okay that's in, uh, 2015 and that's a tease for uh, uh, a story that we'll be talking about in a few minutes but let's let's finish this one first um the idea originated when james Irwin, an author and two-time champion on the u.s tv quiz show jeopardy from des moines iowa only oh, a boy. couple hours away from me atten- so you know it's good <laughs> <laughs> He attempted to answer the question, could I destroy the entire Roman Empire during the reign of Augustus if I travel back in time with a modern U.S. Marine Infantry Battalion? Oh, yeah, I've heard. I've, I've, I, this Reddit thread has been on for a long, long time. Okay, so uh, I've not heard of this, so this is news to me, new to me. Um, on the popular social news and entertainment website, Erwin... Uh, Irwin, who was writing a book titled The Encyclopedia of U.S. Military Actions Through Facts on File, posted a 350-word short story in the thread chronicling the exploits of the fictitious 35th Marine Expeditionary Unit, which suddenly disappears from modern-day Kabul and reappears on the Tiber River in 23 B.C., the thread became so popular that it found its way onto the Reddit homepage where... Studio execs found it in 2011 and decided to contact the author with the view of transforming the idea into a movie. Irwin, who was by this point had expanded his story to 3,500 words and was beginning to see it uh, critiqued by military experts and historians, wrote a first draft of the project he called Rome Sweet Rome himself. On Tuesday, Variety revealed that a new script is now being written by Brian Miller, uh, the screenwriter of 2011 found footage science fiction movie Apollo 18. The new version swaps U.S. Marines for members of a U.S. Special Force unit, but maintains the original's essential premise through Miller, or though Miller did not see Irwin's draft. 
Uh, now there's just a little bit more of the story. Rome Sweet Rome now has its own subreddit on the site, suggesting a ready-made audience for the point or for the point when the project eventually hits cinemas. I don't know about that. Reddit is popular for sure. I'm not trying to discount that, but anyone who's going to go see a time travel movie in which you have modern military personnel go up against medieval people are going to have done that regardless of what where it originated whether it was on a forum or yeah it doesn't matter it's just the concept that's going to lure them in but you might get a few people that you know saw it on reddit and thought i'm kind of curious but i don't think that's going to be the bulk of the audience at all no it'll be they're not going to market it that way i can tell you that much because nobody's going to care i mean like does it really matter it really is it the real point is is it is it going to be an entertaining film that's the real point. It really doesn't right. matter where it came from. Now, it's great that they're actually like viewing like these sort of it's I don't know that I'd call it crowdsourced, but it kind of is some sort of crowdsourced uh script, even though idea, yeah. even though that's not really true. Uh you know, a crowdsourced idea to eventually go on to theaters. I think that's really cool. Mhm. Right. But uh and I, you know, congrats to and kudos to whichever studio is doing this because I think it was Warner Brothers, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers. I'm because you could easily think of a scenario where Warner Brothers would just say, Hey, that's a really interesting idea. Why don't we get somebody else to write the script and never acknowledge the fact that they saw it on Reddit or not? Yep. No, <laughs> you could. I mean it's generic enough where you'd just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. No, what a strange coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been done before. I mean, have you guys heard of the whole Deep Space Nine and Babylon Five thing? I the I, I I've seen the parallels. Yeah, you know what I mean. If that makes sense, but I don't know any more than that. Like, is there any kind of uh, evidence to suggest that one borrowed from the other? Yeah, the producers of Babylon Five, the writers of Babylon Five, I forget their name. Um, they came to Paramount, I believe, and proposed the idea for Babylon Five. Um, a couple of years before Deep Space Nine, because they they turned the, oh. they turned their idea down and basically stole the idea for Deep Space Nine, and just called it something different. Yeah, D- Star Trek. D- yeah, yeah. Well, Babylon Five, I I believe, was the original concept and the original name of the show, and that's what mm-hmm. they proposed to Paramount. Paramount turned them down and then took that idea and made Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh. So. All right. <laughs> I like Deep Space Nine, too. Yeah, no, it's a great show. But, uh, yeah. It, so, th- so he expanded it to 3,500 words. Did he use ideas from Reddit to expand the story? Is that the case? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. You don't post something on Reddit and not expect some sort of feedback and critique and reworking of stuff. Reddit. I mean, are you familiar with Reddit at all, Dave? Yeah. No, I've been on it a few times. Yeah. So if he's doing that, then I would imagine that he's like, like the whole military, uh, you know, actual facts about military, uh, you know, the training, things of that sort. You've you've got to know that he wanted to change things to incorporate those ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know it'd be cool if. Eventually, when this film gets made and it's on this, it's on the silver screen. It's on the you know, uh, it's going to be cool if 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 they're able to like thank the Reddit community in the credits. That'd be cool, you know. 
you could do it. I mean, there's no, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. I or, hope they do that. Or make an inside joke in the actual movie. You know, maybe be part of the, the part of the plot. You know, a minor po- part, but you know, part of the plot. Sure. Sure. Like a what? Like just Easter egg, I believe, is what you what these young people call them. <laughs> the That's kids. actually not true. The kids. That's actually days. not true. It's everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, no, I, I like this idea. I'm excited about this idea. And if it's, if it's done right, if it's written and produced right, I'm all for it. So bring, oh, sure. bring it on. Time travel, we need more of it. That's true. And I think, I, I got to wonder, and this is just now hitting me, do you think the success of Looper and other such science fiction films is helping the scenario of you know stuff like this to exist? Yeah, no, totally. And we, and we didn't... We talked about this a couple episodes ago, right? There was a, another movie that was being made, and it was, and they mentioned the Looper effect. So, oh, oh the was Looper it the effect. Franken thing? The Franken thing? The Frankenberry movie? <laughs> Frankenstein, yeah, something or other. I forget the name of the movie. Oh, the the Frankenstein's in it's during yeah. the Civil War. Civil War, yeah. I don't remember if that was the episode that we were. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not, <laughs> at this point, I don't remember <laughs> Who knows? exactly. We slept since then. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. That's uh, uh, we'll keep an eye on that story for you. Uh, I'm sure we'll revisit it in a future episode. Uh, before awesome. before we move on to uh, robots, we would like to get your feedback on the stuff that we talk about on this here show. All right. So what you do is you call our voice number. It is eight zero five three two eight. 3966 again 805326 or no 328-3966 or leave us an email galacticnetcast at gmail.com and I had this idea that you know some people are shy some people don't want to talk on the telephone and some people don't have enough to say to send an email so what I would like from our listeners is to send us send us a very short email just basically a roll call of who you are, where you're from, and how you listen to the show. So, so you can either leave it via the voicemail, 805-328-3966, or galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Do it right now. You know, Grab your smartphone, send an email. It'll take you literally under a minute. So again, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. So I have a question. Yes. Can they do it via tweet? Can they tweet? Yes, they can. That's that's brief. That's 140 characters. Yeah, exactly. We are at Galactic Netcast without the S. With with without the S. I said <laughs> without the S. Yeah, we don't have an S. There's no ass here. Well, all right, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> at Galactic Netcast. All right, we're also on who or someone said Hulu Plus. <laughs> Hulu Plus. We're on Hulu Plus. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> yes. Totally. We've, made, we've made the big time. <laughs> we should be. Hulu, get back to yeah. us. Google, <laughs> the Google Plus. So, yeah, that's perfect. Perfect way to do it is it Twitter, the social networks, or email or voicemail. All right, Paul, what do you got? <gasps> is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. This is, this is kind of cool. This is a neat story. There is this group called the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. This is an academy similar to what you might think of as the Academy of – as in the Academy Awards. You have a group of people 
who vote on all kinds of stuff, right? And you have like, and you have, uh, you have, there's dues and crap like that. But they also have a yearly thing where they have a series of talks, like you know, like like um, the keynote addresses, stuff like that. And this year, this is. Did I mention this was for video games? I should have. This not not video. really not but this but, is for but, video games but I, but I know your I know how your brain works Paul you think everybody knows <laughs> I was doing my best to make sure that everybody was clear on this this is a a this is a a group for uh among other things awarding video prestigious video games with uh, their peers so every year they have this thing called dice this year uh one of the keynotes that they had was uh, Mr. J.J. Abrams, who we all know of Bad Robot fame, and one Gabe Newell. And Mr. Gabe Newell is a, the – I don't even know what his technical title is, but he is the founder of uh, Valve, which for those of you not in the know, Valve is pretty much the premier provider and creator of many, many video games. So anywho, uh, these two were on the stage together. And people were a little confused by this. It seemed like originally this was just like, ha, 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 they're going to be like riffing on each other or something like that. Like, you know, it seemed it seems very, I don't know, informal, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting what they were talking about during the actual event is like, there's, an, for example, Mr. Abrams said, there's an idea for a game that we'd like to work on with Valve. To which, every, to which everybody surprised you. What? What? So now we have this whole idea of JJ because JJ Abrams, folks, has nothing on his plate right now at no, all. No, he's looking. He's, no, he's, he's bored. Desperate for things to do. It it wouldn't. Having said that, folks, it would not surprise me in the slightest if this did not come for a very very long time. I'm talking at least five years, at least. Um. And Newell also responded saying, we're trying to figure out if we can make a Portal movie or a Half-Life movie together. To which I say, fan-freaking-tastic. Thumbs up. <laughs> and for again, I, it, Dave, I, and I'm using you as my benchmark for the someone who doesn't know a whole lot about video games. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about the... Uh, do you know about the plot in either Portal or Half-Life? GLaDOS is the robot in Portal. That is true, which, see, looping back to the robots thing, we might get a, ourselves a Portal movie is really the takeaway here. And can I so, say one more thing I know about Portal? Mm. I know that there's cake involved. There is cake. There is cake. That and, is absolutely true. And uh, Jonathan Colton did music on both Portal 1 and Portal 2. Also true. Uh, you're three for three. Anything else? Uh, let's see. You want to break your hot streak? I know Portal was part of another game when it was released, the first one. It kind wasn't. Of. It wasn't like a, it was like a, a package. Pa- it, yeah, it was a package deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was a part of um, one of the. Orange I box. think it was episode one and TF two. But anyway, and Half Life two. What's up? Was it Half Life two? Yeah, it was Half Life two. I don't remember, I but yeah, I knew it was a Half-Life game in TF2. But anywho, any, any, any woo. Any woo. 
Half-Life is interesting because the prote- <laughs> the protagonist that you play, I don't know how much you know about Half-Life, Dave. No, I don't know anything about it. The protagonist that you play doesn't speak ever. He's one of those silent protagonists. So people often infer or you know try to glean basic they they input it's kind of a natural thing in gaming where if you if your protagonist never says anything you kind of put a lot of yourself into his position that's kind of what its job is so it'll be interesting to see what kind of half-life movie they can make Mm -hmm. if that's what they want to go if i if i had my druthers and i would love to see both of these get made but if push came to shove i think i'd rather see a portal movie maybe I don't know. Folks, if you have an opinion on this, I would really love to hear it because I'm I'm kind of torn on this. I know Half-Life has the greater pedigree, but Portal is really good. <laughs> and it's fun too, right? I mean, it's it's got yeah. it's got character to it. it a it lot of character, yeah. A lot of character, absolutely. So, Abrams and Newell made the surprise succinct announcement at the end of their keynote speech which took the form of a carefully rehearsed discussion between the two creatives, creatives, the two creatives about their strengths and weaknesses of gaming and movie as storytelling mediums. So, man, I would have, I wonder if that was like video somewhere. So was it, was it kind of like Steve Jobs and um, Bill Gates, Bill Gates at that? um, I've got it. What's I've got I don't know, I think that, that it was a very similar experience, yeah. What was it? That was uh I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. It was All Things D guy. His their their little thing they do. All Things D. Yeah, I think it was at All Things D they sat down with uh Bill Gates and and, and, and Steve Jobs sat down, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know the name. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listening to these guys talk about their craft in that way is kind of awesome. Like, you, for example, at one point, Abrams was saying that people often, like I was just saying, people often imprint themselves to uh, to empty vessels, which in this case would be Gordon Freeman of Half-Life. And Newell pointed out that it's frustrating for the viewer to not have agency when watching a movie, pointing out Cloverfield, which he said – why doesn't the character drop the camera and want to run away from danger? <laughs> Things like this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to hear them talk about like just various kind of concepts that they've been rolling around in their head. So I would love to see both of both sides of this. I'd love to see JJ uh, Abrams contribute to a video game and I'd love to see JJ Abrams make a movie. I think this is amazing to have, yeah. to have these two, people sitting down on the same stage and somebody with the clout of jj abrams talking about doing video game movies and then vice versa i mean that brings it to a whole new level you know yeah it does it really especially now yeah i mean it just yeah it it really it's nice to know that as i that i've got to think that when you're when you're when you're jj abrams and when you're doing movies like Star Trek and you just announced that you're going to do Star Wars, the air has got to be pretty thin at the top. You know what I'm saying? And it's nice to know that he is thinking about, I don't want to call it the lesser of two mediums, but more people know about J.J. Abrams than they do about Gabe Newell. So it's nice to know that there's still collaboration among the two peer groups. Yeah, no, I think he sees where the wind is blowing, you know? So. Yep. So, yeah, dude, I'd, I'd freaking love to see a Portal movie. Oh, 
That'd be sweet. So your prediction is five years. It's going to be a long time. Well, okay. I know this for several things. One is everybody knows right now J.J. Abrams has a very full schedule <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Like, yeah. I mean, well, and wait a second. Well, what if he has just bad robot productions do it? He doesn't necessarily have to direct it. That know? could be. But also, and there's another reason why I say it, and that's this. Valve is notorious for delaying projects, like really delaying projects. They, and it's not, it's kind of like they're very Blizzard-esque in the sense that they won't release a game if they don't think it's ready. So that could mean that it'll take a very long time. Like Half-Life 2 was delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. In fact, we still, people are still waiting for Half-Life 3. Like I saw, I was reading, um, there was another keynote today with Gabe Newell on it. And half the comments were about, oh, so he does know the meaning of three. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm sure that'll help. I'm sure that contribution will uh, get it. Oh, of course. I was supposed to do Half-Life 3. Oh, thank you, guys. I knew there was something I, I was forgetting. <laughs> so. All right. Good yeah. stuff. I can't. Yeah, man. This is This is. This is an interesting development for sure. Dude, I'm JJ Abrams commits to way too much. I don't I do not know this man and I can promise you he seems like he's committing to too much. I think he's got a good staff. I I, I saw Maybe. I saw well, a doc- yeah, I suppose you'd have to. I saw a documentary on online someplace. It wasn't really a documentary. It was it was behind the scenes at Bad Robot. And uh, he's got the people that work there are incredible. Like the, he's he's put together this amazing group of of like creative people, hardworking creative people, and I think that that helps him do so much. I think I think it's he uses people really really well. That's interesting. Actually, that's really interesting, especially when you consider what the just overall culture is in Valve too, because Valve is notorious for. Like they, at least according, it, like you, if you you can go online and read this, just read what like uh, just read about Valve's uh, business practices. They don't have any real managers, and I'm using managers in quotes. Like there's nobody, there's nobody up above you telling you what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's all peer related. Like it's all like, it's all just a very like collaborative thing where you'll have you can essentially choose more or less what it is that you're working on if you can you know justify it uh, to if you if you can basically justify it as a as a cool thing to work on is there a lot of is there a lot of a lot of this hey bro <laughs> nah bro probably it's in they they're based out of not seattle but um bellevue washington okay so All right. the, i i don't know what that has to do with anything but hey <laughs> good good trivia thank you i didn't know that sure all right, let's move on before because we, we could talk about this for a long time, and we've got a, we've got an additional story this week, so we should get on it. Uh, before we do, though, the time traveling robots in space is brought to you by Audible.com. For you, the Galactic Netcast listeners, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free thirty day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And to uh, go along with the theme of this podcast, may we suggest. The Mad Scientist's Daughter by Cassandra Rose Clark. All right. Um, before, okay, I'm going to run down the synopsis, but I also have an audio sample. So 
Here is what it, uh, Audible said about this book. Uh, Finn looks and acts human, though he has no desire to be. He was programmed to assist his owners and performs his duties to perfection. A billion-dollar construct, his, primarily, his primary task is now t- is to tutor Cat, uh, a person, a, a girl by the name of Cat. As she grows into a beautiful young woman, Finn is her guardian, her constant companion, and more. Hmm? But when the government grants rights to the ever-increasing robot population, however, Finn struggles to find his place in the world and in Cat's heart. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so here you go. Here's a short sample of The Mad Scientist's Daughter by Cassandra Rose Clark. He knelt down beside her and she looked at him. Why don't you show Finn your light jar? Cat didn't want to show Finn anything. He unnerved her. In certain ways, Finn resembled the few adults Cat had seen in her short life. His height, his long torso and limbs, the solidity of the features of his face. But otherwise, he was completely different from the boisterous scientists who came over some evenings for dinner parties. All right, so uh, if that sounds interesting, you can get that book for free or pick another one. Just go to audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash slash galacticnetcast. And we thank Audible for their support of the time-traveling robots in space. And a side note, that is the same narrator as with the Hunger Games books. Kind of threw me off at first. I'm like, hey, wait a second. That's the (laughs) Hunger Games chick. So, yeah, sounds interesting. Love and robots. Uh, I'm not going to touch that. Sorry, okay. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to space. space. And finally, Anessa gets to talk. <laughs> oh, I thought you have a story next. Oh, I do. You no, do? you don't get to talk yet, Anessa. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> oh, they have, we have two stories. I forgot. I'm sorry. Okay. I could read them both. No, okay. Read yours. (laughs) I figured you would be excited about this one, so I gave it to you. Well, read yours first, okay? Because let's let's give a little buffer between the two movie stories. And I really like your story. Ours is kind of a... Mine's kind of a movie story. Yeah, true. (laughs) Ish. Um, All right, so hang on. Let me scroll down then. So prepared. Okay. Our story. Adult film actress Coco Brown is preparing to become the first porn star in space. Space! (laughs) (laughs) The actress who has starred in Black Panty Chronicles 2. I like her a lot better in in one, actually. (laughs) Well, there you go. And Big Booty Bomb 2 has coughed up approximately $100,000 to take part in a private Dutch mission that is scheduled to launch into space in 2014. The newspaper notes that Brown has already been through anti-gravity training and is looking forward to visiting space on an SXC rocket. I've always had a love of space, the porn star told The Sun. I'm an adventurous person and I thrive off of excitement. Uh, she may not be the first woman in space, as that honor goes to retired Soviet cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova, but Brown is proud to become one of the few people who can say that she 
that they have traveled into space and back. I'm ready to do something that may never, <laughs> that many would never attempt, and I'm going to tackle it successfully and have another fantastic story to tell, she added. If you are a big fan of Coco's movies and you were hoping for a little action in space, you will undoubtedly be disappointed. Although she has made a living having sex on camera, the porn star told the son that she will not be having any sex in space. Oh, bull crap. <laughs> Trying to have sex in space is a little difficult, she said. You just really don't have that much control. There would be nothing keeping you together. <laughs> yep. However, being the creative person she is, Coco said that she will make every attempt to give her fellow astronauts and fans down on Earth a show worth watching. We have gear that we have to wear, but I'll see what I can do up there, she said. Grab <laughs> it with the Earth in the background. <laughs> Besides anti-gravity training, Brown is also... Brown also has to finish training on a Desmoned simulator, which can simulate G-forces and the Albatross jet, which mimics the trip to and from space, according to the Daily Mail. Um, if Brown's trip is successful, the porn star will become the will become only the second African American woman in space. So is that a bigger deal? I think that would I'm be just the saying. bigger deal than the porn star. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know why not kill two birds with one stone? You know. Yeah, so she gets to be the first porn star in space and the second black woman in space. So she's accomplishing things right. that a lot of people don't get to accomplish. And she's breaking barriers. She's she's <laughs> busting the glass ceiling. That's right. <laughs> Showing boob. <laughs> the big booty bomb. <laughs> the as big it were. booty bomb two. Two. <laughs> you Not kinda- one. Too. Look, you know what the 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 silliness of the story kind of kind of um, hides the fact, the cool fact, that they're going to start sending people into space on private missions next year, in 2014. Exactly, and I believe one of the people going up on a private mission is um, Sarah Brightman, the opera singer. Oh wow! I know she's supposed to be going up to space at some point. Do you think they're going on the same rocket? I don't remember who she's going with, honestly. Um, I just remember seeing a blurb about it, and I don't remember if it was 2014 or 2015, but... It's interesting that... So she could sing an opera while Coco shows boop. Yes. <laughs> She'll provide the soundtrack. That would make an awesome trip into space. Not only are you going into space, but you got... You got sex and you got great music, so yeah. that, that's a party. It is. So there's actually a YouTube video, I think, on this article um, of her floating around a little anti-gravity simulator with a whole bunch of other people. Okay. So, Paul, yeah. you're going to say something. I, I have a question. So is a little and Anessa, maybe you're the person to answer this. So is a little girl going to look at this and say, <laughs> you know what? I would really love to go to space. I should be a porn actress. Because if I am a porn actress, then I will more efficiently get to space. Than... They're way into space. It's the gateway. Um, it's, porn is the gateway to space. I, I feel like there, there's your title. show title. I was thinking the same thing. Anessa wins. <laughs> Um, 
I don't know that a little girl would say, hey, I'm going to do porn so I can go to space. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's probably at least one kid out there that would see this and think that. But I don't see it being a common theme amongst no. kids dreaming big. <laughs> yeah, especially when people are going to start going into space like nobody's On business. On a regular, yeah. yeah. So by the time a kid sees this, you know, like the kid might have gone to space already. Who knows? Just depending on how popular this sort of thing becomes and widely available. So, this yeah, I don't see little Susie going, hey, I'm going into <laughs> oh, when I grow up. Susie. <laughs> she you know never what? so wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> Pay. You remember those commercials? It's like no one ever said they wanted to be a junkie when they grew up. It's like the people uh, that kind of adds to it. No one ever said they wanted to be a porn star when they grew up. You know what, though? <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be like in 20 years. There may be, there could be a thriving space porn industry by then, and, and little Susie might be on the forefront of all that. She might. Um, I know I've seen a documentary at some point about sex in space, and they were talking about how difficult it would be to actually have sex in space. So maybe they would have figured something out by then. I know they tried Velcro at some point. <laughs> you know, they uh, they may, in 20 years, they may invent, you know, have uh, artificial gravity by then. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> All right. Exciting All stuff. All right. <laughs> Paul, Paul is speechless. Space, space cow. I can't. I can't. <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring to it. It's brown chicken, brown cow. Space chicken, space cow. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Um, I could just see though um, how this is gonna. This might be a boon. Am I saying that right? Boon. It's boon. boon. It's not boom. It's boon. Boon. Yeah, boon for the existing porn industry, you know? Because they're going to see her going up into space and go, hey, let's make a theme movie about this, you know? Let's <laughs> let's make this... Because you could totally do a, a porn movie around her experiences without without her actually, oh, you know... Oh, you just know that they're going to capitalize I on that as much as possible. I want to say in either the Sun article or the Daily Mail, it mentioned something about... There's like a a porn that has a scene where it's like anti gravity or something. You know what? Ugh. I did hear I did hear about that. They did the vomit comet, and they actually had 20 seconds of sex that they filmed. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in one of the articles that I read that. So <laughs> I I don't even know. That's hot. <laughs> On the vomit comet, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not at all. <laughs> all right, let's move on before we make before we make Paul sick. Um, we we have a bonus story in the space section, and this is all my fault because here I come charging into um, into our little message chain on on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> Anessa's got the whole show prepped, and I go, "Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this," and. Uh, I kind of threw a wrench in things, so we added this as an extra story because I thought that we needed to talk about this, and I know Paul's going to be very excited. You're forgiven. Am I, Anessa? Yeah. Am I forgiven? Oh, yeah, 
you're totally forgiven. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, ready for some brand new lore? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about lore from Star Trek. Okay. A you're, new a, you got me with a new hope became a reality today when Disney CEO Robert Iger confirmed that the studio is going to be making a number of Star War Star Wars spin-off films. Mm-hmm. Not only are we getting three more to the to to wrap up the trilogy of trilogies, but spin-off films uh in addition to the planned trilogy. Uh, that will pick up after the action of Return of the Jedi. Uh, we are working on a few standalone films derived from great Star Wars characters that are not part of the overall saga, the chief executive said in a sit-down with CNBC. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who penned Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, and Simon Kinberg are working on the new projects, as well as consulting with J.J. Abrams, who, after giving fans the Slick runaround after his intentions recently confirmed that he is directing Episode 7. The implications for Star Wars fans will be great, Iger promised, though he would not divulge details about which characters would be getting the feature treatment, saying he would have to leave the creative process to executive producer Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. We have these great opportunities, he said, because these are good ideas or no, there are good ideas out there and good creators interested in fleshing out uh, these ideas and we're going for it. Now, as, a, as an addition to the story, uh, other stories came out this week that the two possible movie spinoffs would be one about a young Han Solo and one about the adventures of Bobo Fett. Right, Paul? Mm. That is correct, sir. Okay. So... Thoughts, guys. I'm not. I okay. Couple of thoughts. One, I'm not terribly surprised. I you know once they, I, I think the floodgates are kind of going to kind of open with this whole Star Wars thing. Yep. Uh, which is great, you know. Good job. And if you were going to have a scenario where you're going to have a couple of standalone movies that don't have anything to do with the, uh, guessing quotes main story arc. Um, I'm sure you'll have more than a few, you know, more than a few ideas. I can see why people would jump to Han Solo and Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can, I can totally see why they would do that because I want the Han Solo, the Han Solo Boba Fett thing is completely rumor from what I understand. Um, like the, I mean, <laughs> as far as Boba Fett goes, they have a lot to make up for. <laughs> Because the whole thing with his dad in the first three movies is kind of awful. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if y'all remember this, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, and the way he died too. Yeah, in Empire in uh, Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah, just kidding. (laughs) You'll be slowly digesting over a thousand years, but it really doesn't matter because you'll be dead in two minutes. I didn't, I never thought that you did impressions. Impressions. I'm I'm pretty impressed with your impression. I don't know which impression I was doing, but hell, there you go. Uh, and as far as Han Solo goes, they have again. It, it, I don't. They have less to make up for, but that's. And I can see why they'd want to do that, obviously. But they would need some real talent behind the Han Solo thing because that is a iconic character. Like well, really, really high caliber stuff. Number like, that one, would be almost. Yeah, number one, you got to find the right 
actor to play Han Solo. Right. Because you're not going to do Harrison Ford. Harrison no. Ford. There's no way. Of course yeah, not. Yeah, no. He's and old. he's smoked way too much pot and he's way too – like he's not even much of an actor anymore. I think he has one speed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's Have you heard that guy talk? Like he just—it's just one thing. Like he just is really just kind of like he's really just low all the time. And I—I I, I have no idea why that is. I assumed the pot thing, but hell, could there be. you go. Could be. I don't know. So I—I <laughs> I have a great analogy about the Star Wars films. Go. Think of the spinoffs as like um, Iron Man. And Captain oh. America. Okay. And the Avengers as the main Star Wars films. That? I, I Okay, fair enough. I could get behind that. I could, I could definitely. Because Iron Man is really good. And I really like... I actually really enjoy all of the, um, the movies. Like, I didn't think there was a bad one among them. Like, you know, some are better than others. Iron Man's probably the, probably the better... The, the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, man. I, it's it's crazy. It is okay, folks. Pause for timeout one second. It is crazy that we are discussing this. Not it was not it was not six months ago that this was completely <laughs> outside of everybody's mind, and nobody thought about that we'd get another Star Wars movie. Nobody thought anything. We were talking about a Star Wars action TV show that oh. might happen sometime. It's. Freaking nuts. It is freaking nuts, Dave. I know. I know. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk? Your prediction for 2012, 2013, earlier in 2012, you wouldn't have mentioned this. No. Why? I mean, did anyone even have the slightest clue? Even a little bit. All right. So let's uh, let's move on. Um, before we do, though, you know that you can listen to our show, The Time Traveling Robots in Space, and... Our other one on the Galactic Netcast Network, the Alien Invasion on Stitcher Smart Radio. It's an app that you place on your smart device, be it a smartphone or a tablet, all right? And you can do it. You can put it on a, a, a iPhone, Android, BlackBerry. I'm sure they're going to have one for the new Blackboard, BlackBerry 10. Um, Android, Nooks. The Nooks. <laughs> you know, the Nooks. The Nooks. <laughs> the nooks they're fantastic. The cranny. <laughs> that should be the next tablet no Dude, that should be the name of the smartphone that amazon comes out with the cranny oh, yeah, like... <laughs> the cranny i don't know competing against the nooks that would be awesome <laughs> don't be started i just love this <laughs> okay <clears throat> Straight face. <laughs> Continuing with the read. Okay, you can find uh, the... We're talking about Stitcher Smart Radio at stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts. And then you follow that up with entering the promo code galactic netcasts. All right? Uh, again, stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts and enter the promo code galactic netcasts. Basically, what, what the service is is a way to listen to podcasts without downloading them onto your phone. Okay, you just stream them. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah. It's a good way to do things. And what's, what's also awesome is if you have your phone or your device set up to get notifications, you will get breaking news delivered in audio form 
from Stitcher. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, it's like radio without being radio. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Taking my job, Stitcher. Damn it. All right. Uh, no, we thank them for their support of the time-traveling robots in space. Let's move on to picks. And, oh, man, Paul, you've mm. got the perfect pick. It's timely. It's talking about time travel. It is. And a rodent. It's kind of crazy. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that we've talked about it before, but I don't care. It just happened. I don't so, think it's so, ever been a pick. No? No. All right. Uh-uh. Well, good. Good, damn it. Uh, I guess we should stop teasing. Nah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, continue teasing. Continue teasing. Of a seven. Uh, my pick for this week is one Groundhog Day. What's that? Groundhog Day. And I'm not talking about the holiday. I'm talking about the film. The holiday was on Saturday, though. It was on Saturday, February 2nd. Did you watch it on Saturday? I did, actually. <laughs> yes. I love, I really love that movie. It's so good. And, you know, it, Bill, Murray, Bill Murray is such a genius when it comes to that kind of comedy. It's just, I, oh, I love it. Love it. For those of you unaware, and if you are unaware, you should really watch this movie. Uh, Bill Murray plays a weatherman who gets stuck in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania on Groundhog Day. And when I mean stuck, he is waking up every morning, reliving the same day, and he's the only one who realizes it. That is the premise of the movie. And when you meet this character, he's kind of an ass, and he's just kind of very egocentric. And this is kind of his redemptive path, if you will. And uh, yeah, great film. Great film. Two thumbs up. Just two? Uh, how many did uh, we have? How many? I have two <laughs> thumbs, Dave. You've given it all you've I can give you more thumbs. Uh, no. Let's not go down. Be, but you don't you really want to know where I got them. <laughs> what are you, a serial killer? Uh, no. Question mark? <laughs> she puts the lotion on the skin. Let's get the again. Put the lotion in the basket. Uh, what? No. Hey, yeah, that's my pick, and you should watch it. So, okay, would buy this, it through our stuff. Would this? Yeah, buy it, we'll put it on the picks page at galacticnetcast.com. Um, would this be considered an actual time travel movie? I kinda. I could, that's that's where my head was at when I picked it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I I totally think I view it as a time travel movie. He's the only one that experienced like he's essentially going to the end of every single day and he's time traveling backwards a day and mm-hmm. he's doing that for all of eternity, except he can't control it. Yeah. D- does it ever get mentioned in the movie? Um, how many times he went back? No. What he had mentioned, the only illusion that you have about it is that it's happened so many times that he lost count. Okay. And he's essentially, yeah, it's gone on for quite, one would assume, many, like a lifetime. And he never Even ages. So He doesn't age and he doesn't die. Yeah. Kind of like Sisyphus, except not a boulder. <laughs> okay, wait a second. What did you just say, Anessa? I said it kind of reminds me of Sisyphus, I believe is the name of the guy pushing the boulder up the hill and then it rolls down oh. he just kind of repeats the same thing over and over oh. and over again forever you just blew my mind <laughs> I, I, I think you blew paul's mind too i'm mine mind is blown 
I don't remember how to spell it. It's like what Greek mythology, Roman mythology. I forget one of the two. It's one of those types. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's Greek. I bet. You know what? I wonder if the producers, the writers of this film, were inspired by that by that myth. Just For, having to like, because yeah. yeah, like the whole thing is he's trying to push the boulder up the hill, and he like finally gets really close, and then it just goes right back, and then he has to keep on forever. Mm-hmm. Does he learn? So. Does he learn life's lessons through this, or no? It's no. a punishment. <laughs> okay, it's okay. a punishment. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, which yeah. this was kind it of a makes punishment. more sense. Yeah, because it's right. implied. It's Im- it's implied that you, you, he doesn't get. You know, spoiler, he doesn't get out of the loop until he actually changes who he is. Right. So. And there's no real logic or reason. Like, there's no, like, grandiose thing of, you know, God or whoever coming him to saying, it's like, ah, you finally figured it out. You can move on, blah, 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 blah. There's nothing like that. It just kind of happens. Yeah, he had to figure it out on his own, you know? It's it's like a child. Indeed. I guess maybe I don't know. Totally, I'm with you. I will have to rewatch that someday. I watched that. I think that might be like one of my yearly traditions. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like. I I'm trying to think back, and for I think as long as this movie has existed, I've watched it at least once a year. I don't know though. Huh? That's interesting. I'll keep track. I'll keep track. Okay. We'll remi- <laughs> we'll 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 check. He marks it, it in his calendar. <laughs> I just I was in, I found out it was Groundhog Day. I was like, "Ooh, it's Groundhog Day. I should watch Groundhog Day." Where did you watch it? Do you have a copy? I, I own it. Oh wow! In fact, okay. Yeah, it's still on my desk. Isn't it on Netflix as well? Maybe. I don't know if it's on Netflix. I know it was at one point. Hmm. Well, we'll check back with you next year, Paul. Okay. Good. We'll make sure folks, that folks at home remind me, please. Okay. <laughs> Galacticnetcast at gmail dot com. Or P. Swickard on Twitter, also. Nah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to move on to uh, my pick, which was Trek Nation. Have you guys heard of this documentary? I have. It's in my queue. So good. It's really, really good. Like, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So, basically, it's a documentary examining the positive impact that Trek, Star Trek, and creator Gene Roddenberry uh, may have had on people's lives, as seen through the eyes of his son, Eugene Roddenberry, a.k.a. Rod Roddenberry. Um, And it's interesting because it includes interviews that seem to go back pretty far. Like, there's there's a scene where um, Rod Roddenberry interviews George Lucas and talks about how Hmm. Star Trek influenced him in making Star Wars. And at the time that the interview took place, he was still producing the last of his Star Wars movies. So huh, weird. That mid, early, mid-2000s, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, So and then it goes up all the way to very, very recently. So it's, it's interesting to see a story of Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry told through the eyes of his son, who didn't want anything to do with Star, Star Trek growing up. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a scene where they show Rod Roddenberry playing with Star Wars toys. And, <laughs> and Gene is sitting there next to him. And it, he kind of has an, a look in his eye like, oh, God. You know? I, you know what? I don't blame him. 
Because <laughs> you're I such really, a Star Wars fanboy, that's why. If you're surrounded by that from from such a young age, I gotta think that you, I, I would get sick of it. Yeah. Yeah, I could be that. But but it sounds like he wasn't really like it wasn't pushed down his throat. It wasn't like it wasn't pushed right. on him. It was just kind of his dad was his dad, and um, it wasn't a big deal. So maybe maybe it wasn't. You know, maybe he wasn't overexposed to it. You know what? If that's the case, good on the dad. Seriously, you know, good on him. Although the movie starts with a little baby Rod Roddenberry, actually, they laid him on a uh, like a huge model of the Enterprise. That's how the movie starts. (laughs) So, who knows? But of course, uh, we all know that Rod Roddenberry is the son of uh, Gene Roddenberry and Majel Barrett. She is in the movie. It's before she died because she eventually passed away too. So it's interesting story. He was messed up for a long time. He was like a drug drug addict, and he oh, is that right? Yeah, I didn't know that he recovered, and um, so he's he's I I believe that he he was actually uh, oh he um I forgot about this part. He was a producer on uh, Earth Final Conflict, which was an idea of gene roddenberry that they produced after he died Mm. so he he eventually got into his father's business and it sounds like he's continuing uh the brand of gene roddenberry like in in various other forms and this this is one of them right here is this documentary which i highly recommend and like anessa said it's in on netflix so put it into your queue and watch it like i did and what and like anessa is going to watch it yes that's the plan. And done. <laughs> any any questions before we move on to Anessa? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Anessa, go ahead. What's your pick? Um, an episode of Phineas and Ferb <laughs> titled It's About Time. Um, Phineas and Ferb, the television show. Yes, <laughs> it's a cartoon. Um, I actually just recently started watching uh, Phineas and Ferb, and um, in this episode, Phineas and Ferb go to a museum, and at the museum, there's a time machine, like you would see in, I think it's the movie Time Machine, <laughs> with like the chair and the big thing in the background. I believe it also makes an appearance in um, the Big Bang Theory in an episode. Like, why does it have to be more Lux? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So you you have this time machine, and Phineas and Ferb decide that they're going to fix the time machine and go back in time and check out dinosaurs. And so they start working on the time machine, and as they're working on it, they keep sending their sister back in this little loop that's like maybe a minute or two before it. You know, she just said something, and so people start to think she's kind of crazy. <laughs> kind of messes. They mess a lot with their sister. Is That's funny. One of the things because she's always trying to get them in trouble, and it's always a miracle that they don't get caught with all the shenanigans that they pull. So they're they're sending her back in time. So she before she says something, all that. The- right, because she just keeps reliving like certain moments over and over and over again, and they don't realize that they're doing this. Because um, they're missing a piece of the time machine, and you know they're connecting wires and whatnot, and she happens to have a piece that looks like a little light bulb that goes on in the back. 
And so as she's holding this, she just basically repeats certain things and people think she's gone mad. <laughs> but anyway, eventually they finally get that missing piece and they put it on the time machine and they get sent back in time. And they go back to um, the days of the dinosaurs and something happens and they get stuck there. And it's entertaining to see how it is they go about trying to get back to the present time. It's an entertaining cartoon. I recommend that episode. It's in season one. Okay. Because that's where I'm at. I don't remember the season number. Um, <laughs> is Phineas and Ferb on Netflix? Yes, that's how I'm watching it. Okay. Well, it's a cartoon, so Dave is out. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, maybe he can watch like these little episodes because they're maybe like, what, 15 minutes or... 20 minutes at the most. Yeah, so. don't 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 judge me, Swickard. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm trying to help you... Dave like get out there. Just 20 minutes of his life he'll waste. In, There's the no judgment. There is only observation. <laughs> Lear- I'm trying. <laughs> learning from the experiences that we've all been through, knowing that I don't like animation. Yeah, that's all right. But I forgive you, know, you. I've forgiven you. There's not. This is not judgment. This is just you know. Hey, we're all different, man. I accept you for who you are. You can accept me for who I am. All right. I suppose that's acceptable behavior. So, do they mess with the uh, the timeline? Do, does anything they do in the past affect the future? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Um, in in order for them to get back they have to try to communicate with the future and they figure out a way to do that it comes in handy that they're at a museum <laughs> okay <laughs> with like dinosaur footprints and whatnot so. got it i i get where you're going with that all right so say yeah. no more i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil too much so got it all right uh those are our picks and you can check them out on our picks page at galacticnetcasts.com even if you're not interested in our picks particularly i just like to add as many p's into this as i can um go through the picks portal and that will take you to amazon.com and shop to your heart's delight and we'll get a small percentage of what you buy. I, I mean, we'll get a, a small percentage of the money that you <laughs> use to get what you buy. <laughs> it, it's like, okay, so I know you ordered this DVD, but we're going to have this tiny sliver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eventually, we will have enough to make a whole DVD of our own. Yeah, someday. Someday. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we wrap it up, let's ask the question of the week. And Anessa, since you prepped the show, why don't you ask it? All right. Um, If you could turn any object into a time machine, what would you choose and why? Nice. I like this question. (laughs) That's interesting. Doesn't matter about, like, the, the size. So if you wanted to have, I don't know, a house... Suppose you could a boat. This is a, a boat. this is a great one, Anessa. <laughs> boat. Now you got me thinking. Holy crap! All right. I, I okay. This is this is my answer. I think this is my answer. My answer is the replica Battlestar Galactica Viper Fighter that I built as a young <laughs> child. I thought it was cool, I would want that as my time machine because it would be the ultimate irony 
making something that was based on a TV show that was made to fly in space will actually fly through time. That'd be cool. And right. it has like a lot of sentimental value as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like right. that answer. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so, Paul, you ready? Or Anessa, you want to go first or next? Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that have, you know, childhood things, I'm going to go with Legos. that's awesome i yes legos i can see it now legos like you would you would build the time machine out of legos build it like yeah i don't know what i would build out of the legos but it would have to be something out of legos (laughs) it wouldn't have to be much really because all you need would would be to something to sit in or stand in or something for you to be enveloped in whatever power you're going to use. Current front runner is something like a something I'd build around my arm or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so it would be uh, it would be kind of a well. You don't really get this reference, but Doctor Who. Um, there's a character that has. <laughs> I do get the reference. Okay, well, I mean, but you don't. Captain you, Jack. Captain Jack on Doctor Who had this bracelet. That he would use to travel through time and space. I liked it. Yep. But eventually got it taken away. Because he was bad. <laughs> he was a bad boy. <laughs> All right. Paul. Anyway. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. You <laughs> n- I can't do any better. Okay. I can't wait to hear Anessa's. What do you got? Yeah, mine's going to be, like, super lame, but um, <laughs> I, I would probably end up using a scrunchie. <laughs> That's perfect. Because, um, one, I usually have my hair up in a ponytail, so it would be something that would, one, allow me to travel through time, and two, keep my hair out of my face in the process. So no. you're thinking that's very uh, utilitarian, you know, it's very, it's something that you need and it's something that's going to be on your person almost all the time. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking anyway. That and is, it's not something that people would think of as a time travel device. It doesn't scream like, oh, let's go back in time. Yeah, Although no. if someone decides like, oh, let me borrow your scrunchie, then I could see something bad happening. <laughs> you mean this crunchy? No, you can't. You don't want to use this crunchy. No. <laughs> or you my scrunchy. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Mine. <laughs> or or you forget the one that you gave them is the time travel scrunchy. Yeah, I'd have to like label it somehow. Like it's got little stars, or I don't know. Yeah. That's or like a little calendar on there to represent time travel. Yeah, I could do that. So. All right. Hey, uh, we would like to know your thoughts on this question of the week. What would be your time machine? Uh, let us know by calling the voicemail number 805-328-3966. Thank you. 3966, 805-328-3966 or galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, roll call time. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and how you listen to the show 
by uh, emailing, voicemailing, or uh, sending us a tweet at Galactic Netcast. We want to know where you are, what you do, how you listen. All right. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast either. Uh, go to subscribe. Got. <laughs> Excuse me. I get excited. And we're, noises just start coming out of my mouth. Uh, sub- <laughs> subscribe.galacticnetcasts.com or go through iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star uh, uh, rating and uh, a favorable or not so favorable review. We need some feedback to make our show better. I think that's it. Cool. You guys cool? You guys yeah, uh, satisfied with how this uh, the show went? Thumbs yeah. up. Right, how about yourself? Are you are oh. you seem are you, you're not dissatisfied? No, never. I would never be dissatisfied. All right, you might be depending on what I say, but <laughs> no. He, He's I, called you a bully. You have <laughs> tunes. That's <laughs> no, all right. Yes, we're very uh, confrontational tonight. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> we hate each other. That's why we've been doing this for over a year. Yeah. <laughs> Just waiting for that day to get back at you, Swickard. <laughs> That's why it goes I'll on. I'll get you, Paul, if it's the last thing I do. It's like two people locked in eternal battle, you know? Yeah. David, we need to talk. <laughs> no, I don't know. All right. All right, so that's going to do it for Time Traveling Robots in Space, number 56. As we always do, end with final thoughts. Anessa. Dream big. Ooh, I could tell that you put some thought in that, into that. I did. <laughs> Yay. It's about time. It is. It's only <laughs> taken like six months for that to happen. <laughs> no, it was a good one. It was Thank worth, you. it was worth the wait. <laughs> Yay. All right, Paul, what's your final thought? Be excellent to each other. All right, on that note, we'll talk to you guys later. See you later. No bye, Paul? (laughs) Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.